0: This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne.
1: Matthew, I want DJ. you. I want, you to, I want your response to this. I've got a long list here, and uh, I just I'll read. I've literally it literally fills up one piece of paper. Here's the list. Here's the list. Ready? Eastern Orthodox. Roman Catholic, Protestant, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Anglican, Methodist, Reformed Brethren, Quaker, Shaker, Church of Christ, Pentecostal, Charismatic, Uniting, Evangelical, Baptist, Anabaptist, Independent Baptist, Southern Fundamentalist Baptist, Free Evangelical, Independent Sacramental, Millerism, Oneness, Pentecostalism, (laughs) Messianic Judaism, British Israelism, Black (laughs) Hebrew, Israelite, Seventh-day Adventist. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, New Thought, Christian Science, Scientology, Unification Church, The People's Temple, Baha'i, Hare Krishna's The Way International. Uh, I don't even know what to say. What,
2: that's,
1: what, what is that list
2: about? I, I, I'm not even sure what some of those things have in common.
1: Well, they're... they're Churches or religious movements that somehow will have at least one finger, one toe or entirely underneath the banner of Christian or Mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. So on this episode of Thrive Perspectives, our 11th episode, I I would love to talk about false teaching, the church, and what is in or out as far as
2: Christianity goes. So cults, sects. What 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 classes is that? What classes? And again, is-
1: when I read all of those out on that piece of paper here, that's not all a list of cults.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, there's not. We don't agree with all of them. We don't agree. You know, like it's not in or out in that way. Yeah. I, but I thought the, an interesting way because a question that sort of sideways from. We're going to sideways step from this, but a lot of people when the, when you talk about denominations, they start getting. A look in their eye like you are talking about cults or sex mm. and they don't know what's in or what's out and are these yep. people in Are these people out. So I thought, you know, in, in light of some of the stuff that I think we've both been experiencing lately, talking to different people in the wider community and different questions that have come in, it might be interesting to talk about what false teaching is because if there's one theme that seems, or there's many themes in the New Testament, but one theme that keeps coming up over and over and over again in the New Testament, I think every book
2: of the New Testament warns about false teaching. false teaching. It's a big deal. Uh, Comes in again and again. Jesus talked about it, Matthew 24, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if, if possible, even the elect. Second uh, Timothy: For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a number of teachers to say what their ears want to hear. Uh, it go, you know, Acts in Paul and Acts um, uh, gives this warning to a group of church elders: Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which He bought with His own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves. Will come in among you and will not yeah. spare the flock, even from your own number. Um, men will arise to distort the truth in order to draw disciples after them. Yeah, and it goes on and on. I mean, I, I actually just made a list and I was I was going to read some more, but. Well, it's I th- pages. Oh. I, I, I've just put yeah. in quite small font, yeah. and I've got pages and pages and pages well, of this theme in the New Testament. Well, t- tell me if I'm wrong, Matt. That one
1: of the earliest books of the New Testament is the Book of Jude, which yeah. is one chapter. Yeah, just one tiny little book yeah. of Jude. And I love the big, the opening. It's one chapter, so it's not like Chapter One, Verse three, but Verse Three of Jude is is basically him. Is Jude saying, "Listen, beloved, I was I, I was very eager to write to you about this common salvation we have in Christ, but." I found it necessary to write about contending for the fa- the faith yeah. that was once and for all yeah, delivered right. to us, and because and then he goes on in verse four, certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago uh, were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who perverted this message. So even early that early stage of the of the yeah. Christian Church, there was a the faith.
2: Yeah, that's there certainly was. Yeah, yeah. and and you just. The, the statements like that are all the way through. And this is important to recognise because I think when you start talking this way in our culture, yeah. um, it, it just sounds distastefully exclusivist. Yep. <laughs> it's like we're walking around with, you know, wooden matches ready to burn the heretics. And, and, Wait a minute, you uh, want me to
1: put my wooden matches away? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've got my pitchfork. I've got my pitchfork um, and torch ready to go, mad.
2: And, and it's, you know, like we're... It just sort of gleeful polemicists, yeah. you know, um meaning that we, we're just looking for error and everything. The heresy and, hunters. And, and, and you know, yeah, the heresy hunters. And look, you know, I, I think there are people that invest just way too much energy in that space. It's not that it's not important. Yeah. Um but, but, we, but we we need to be known for what we're for, not w- what we're against. However, yes. this is so frequently warned and spoken of in the new testament that we're just not being true to the yeah, biblical faith if we don't take a fans, defensive stance.
1: Well said, well said. <clears throat> now, I think an overwhelm overall blanket as this is thrive perspectives and we love to look at the world and what the different perspectives are and what the christian perspective is. There's an overwhelming sort of blanket over a lot of us in, you know, in in western thought in the in the modern th- world that we live in which is post truth or postmodernism.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Where we really when you say we, it gets a little bit uncomfortable, well man alive, we brother stop with your doctrine. Don't you know, doctrine divides Yeah, and we need to, and Jesus said that, you know, and we want to love and don't, who are you to judge? And we want everybody Mm. and we can't, we all just meet together. All those denominations that you read out DJ, that just grieves the heart of God. And we just need to be united together in one Kumbaya moment together. (laughs) You know,
2: like I love the way that you, I love the way that you caricature things.
1: But that's, I mean, I'm getting, I'm, be, I am yep. being a caricature here, but that's the. I feel like soon as you say, so like, I've had moments yep. in church where someone will pass me a book and I'll say, well, actually, I can't read that book because that guy differs, differs in who he says that Jesus is. And I'm, yep. oh, like, they get grieved, like, they're grieved. Yeah,
2: the, I, I think the, the cultural, this postmodern cultural phenomena is one in which, um, uh, which you just recognise that if if that truth works for you, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. So that there's there's not really an absolute. There's no absolutes. Yep. It's whatever works for you, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's what you mean by post truth yes. uh, culture, where, where it, it is fundamental to the Christian worldview that um, that we that God has revealed Himself and revealed His plans and His way, and um, and that. So so we actually have an absolute. Yeah. We have an absolute truth. Yeah. Now, there, there, there are slightly different interpretations of that uh, absolute truth. And and I think w- what we might do is just map. Okay. I guess map this a little bit because... Um, and again, I think uh, we're biting off
1: more than we can chew here. This is a massive topic. Yeah, I know topic. it's a massive topic, yeah. This is a massive topic. There are entire... <laughs> Uh, not just podcasts, not other shows, there are entire um, channels of shows yeah. networks of shows devoted to this topic, yeah but
2: you know yet again, this is countercultural yeah uh, like I recognize that this is countercultural because we 're meant to say oh well that 's good for them and that 's good for them and that 's good for them yes uh, well i don 't what 's going on with the New Testament then because yeah. um, this is every you know it 's like this is every book <laughs> yes. here is addressing this yeah. issue yeah. as as something that really is undermining mm-hmm. um, what God wants to do in the world today. And the, the battle, the spiritual battle that is depicted in the Bible that is the background to everything is depicted as a battle between truth and falsehood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and and the, the you know, the devil is depicted as a liar and a deceiver mm. and this is where you get this picture of deceivers coming in and leading people away. And the person of Jesus Christ <clears> – <throat> is not only
1: pictured as you know correct or right, he's pictured as the truth, the that's right. actually embodiment of the logos of God's own truth. God's yeah, spoken right. truth yeah. is Jesus Christ yeah. embodied. So, so I guess we want to talk about false teaching. Um, what is a religion? What is false teaching? What is a cult? What is a heresy? Those type of things. So I guess the first thing to do is sort of define, at least for everyone listening, because when you say the word cult, a yeah. lot of picture people picture straight away, you know, Jonestown drinking the Kool Aid cult, or the the Branch Davidians who are getting shot out by the yeah. government, American government type of thing. And cult, you know, has a lot of definition in, in the dictionary. Yeah. How are we going to define it today?
2: Well, uh, cults have uh, a number of different uh, characteristics. There's, I guess, there's a there's cult in the. Um, in the strong sense, which is the kind of, um, you know, Branch Davidian, very exclusivist, yes. very controlling. Control,
1: control yeah. is, the, is the key you word. You know,
2: so so um, one um, uh, analyst lists four different elements uh, of a cult. You know, it's characterised by behaviour control, yeah. where you have a dictatorial authoritarian leadership that controls members' actions. Yes. You know, I mean, even food finance yep, everything f- yeah, like everything what then, you can wear yeah. who who you, who <laughs> are you connected to yeah then there's also information control so yes. a members access to the outside information is yes. is limited prohibited or even distorted uh thought control is a big one yep. uh, there's the kind of an us and them mentality is instilled through um you know this is the only it's a big characteristic of cults is we are the only way yeah uh, as in as in um, this particular um, interpretation or this particular, you know, as in you've got to be a part of this group here in this geographical location. Yes. And uh,
1: you've got to think
2: like the leader and thinks. And you've got to think like the leader thinks. Or else you're out. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, emotional control is another yeah. big uh, part of this. So fear is often used as, as uh, leverage, um, uh, you know, and 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 that and what you've just given there,
1: I remember reading. Um, that's the classic bite. You know, cult controllers yep. or people who work with cults—they say an acronym to looking for like a modern-day cult is the bite acronym, and that's what you just said: behavior, information, thought, and emotion. Yeah. If they're being controlled in those four areas, that's yeah. usually a sign of a cult, and there's usually a strong leader or leadership sect yeah. on, mm. on the on
2: the on the head of it. And, and often the leader is in a different. Sort of category, like there are even different rules apply yes. for the leader. Oh, yeah. So you know, th- like the leader can can often be the beneficiary of money or favors, mm. relationships, uh, or, sex, yeah, yeah, all yeah, all of that yeah. sort of stuff. So um, uh, you, that's you, know, you get this sort of different rule again. The highly controlling thing; they're very, very manipulative, mm. um, and. And, and ultimately not liberating at all, not empowering of people yeah. that actually really constrict uh, constrict people and, and are very blinding in, in many ways. And so, you know, people, uh, you know, cult is a cult kind of is a sort of an in, institutional sort of abuse system, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this, this is kind of the worst definition of cult. Th- then you've got um, uh, <clears throat> this sort of other... A slightly lighter definition which um, which I think is still a serious problem mm. that would apply to um, exclusivist groups uh, you know like a denomination that feels like it is the only you know the only way Correct. to go now, now i I believe that you know God made provision for the guilt of mankind through jesus christ, and there 's no other there 's no other way in in, in a sense that that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, mm. as as He says. Okay, so, um, and, uh, but it's another thing as as a denomination. So, if, for example, if we at One Hope said, "There's no salvation outside One Hope Church." Yeah. We, we would that that would yeah. look like bing, bing, cultic, bing. Yeah, yeah, that I've would be that, cultic <laughs> behavior. I'm so. Um, uh, also, um, cults are often um, characterised by some form of extra revelation. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of um, common examples are the Mormons, for example. Yes. Yep. Uh, they would we would class them as a Christian cult,
1: otherwise known as the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter Day Saints. Yep, that's, that's right. The
2: preferred title. Yeah. So, so they have another whole. Bible, the Book of Mormon. Oh,
1: they have several books.
2: Yeah, yeah, Pearl and of
1: Great Price. The other, you know, all, all the other works from the, you know, the the yep. two First Elders.
2: Yep. So the other, um, the other one then is the is the Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. They're all, also uh, very much a closed <clears throat> cult. The only way they've um, they've got their own translation yes. of the Bible. It's not so much another Bible, but it's a, it's a translation that kind of. Says the things that they want to say. Now, generally, cults will also mess with the fundamentals of the faith. Yeah, yeah. you know that that there'll be so, so
1: so so we're now yeah. getting we're now getting to the point where I think we're we're still trying to define cults here. So I guess a really simple way of cult, the way that we're going to be talking about it, is is a cult is anything, <clears throat> any group or people or systematic sort of belief system that takes away from what we would call. <clears throat> the fundamentals or the orthodox, the accepted yep. faith, the traditional Christian faith that has been there from the beginning.
2: Yep, that's right. Yep. And
1: and I just want to make a little point here because this is funny. I, I, I had a wonderful time in, in this last week. Actually, I had a, I've had had a really interesting – in the space of two days, I got to sit down with two pastors, one who's just started, mm. one who's just started, he's th- 31, 32, and talk about – you know, where where he's coming from. And then yesterday I got to sit down with a pastor who's 92 years old uh-huh. and retired, yeah. you know, an old Lutheran pastor. <clears throat> and I had this great great experience talking to both of them and the one thing that came up with both of them was the creeds and the confessions, how enriching and how foundational mm. one who's entering in and one who's leaving out looking back, sort of both looking at the creeds and the confessions. And I was like – who talks about creeds and confessions any day? Mm. You know, the the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, you know, even you know, the London Baptists, you know, 16, 17, you know, like all these different creeds and confessions. In our post-denominational world that we live in now, yeah. n- if you bring up a creed or confession – Who was ever having read it, know it, Mm. or even think that it's important? A lot of people just don't think these things are important. Matt,
2: yeah, the um, you know, so the initial, the earliest confession is the apostles, uh, the the apostles' creed, um, Nicene Creed. But the Nicene Creed is is probably one of the most important ones in terms of a, you know, a a generally accepted sort of definition of the elements of of the Christian faith, but not 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 exhaustive. It's it's ultimately no one's saying that the creeds are infallible. The creeds are a kind of condensed, yes, uh, index mm-hmm. of what the Bible teaches. Mm-hmm. They are a condensed synopsis, let's call it that, of what the Bible <laughs> teaches. So ultimately, we're we're looking to the Bible to set the foundation, as Paul says. The church is built in Ephesians. Paul is he says, church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And he's talking about New Testament and Old Testament. Yes. That's the foundation. Okay, so you don't add to a foundation. The foundation sets the pattern for the building and we build on that. Now,
1: okay, while we're just over here in this, I agree 100% with what you said. That is a great way to define it. While we're over here in this little sidebar here talking about creeds and confessions. Yeah. Um, I want to put some links in the show notes for creeds and confessions and they're they're all free online. You can go read whatever you want, some of them. And I love there's basically two movements in creeds and confessions. They're Mm. the earliest ones who are all like in that establishing of the church, 300 to 500. Yeah. And then you've got about a 1,000 years of sort of like not much and then around – the Protestant movement, Luther and everything like that, all of a sudden there's a flurry of confessions between like 1500 and 1600 type of thing, you know, around there.
2: Well, let's, okay, how about we just map? I think what would be useful now is to actually map the Christian movement because what we want to do is make some important delineations. Great. Okay, so so the Christian movement is uh, Christian church worldwide divided into three different branches. Yes. Okay. Uh, There's the... Eastern Orthodox uh, branch, which yep. is like Russian Orthodox. Armenian uh, Orthodox. Orthodox. You know, it's a Greek Orthodox. Yep.
1: You name them. Yeah. They're around. Including, and I think, and I, if I've got it correctly, please, any Orthodox friends, correct me, out of the Hungarian Orthodox Church of Australia, we now have the newest Orthodox Church in the world, the Australian Orthodox Church is now its own denomination in Australia right, okay. and that only started in the last I think decade right okay uh, where the yeah. where the services are and I quote in Australian you know okay right. <laughs> they you know they they're, they're in English and they you know because a lot of the other um, you know other other ones that, that that I've visited and gone to and people that I know who are a part of they're in their traditional yeah. languages
2: yeah so orthodox churches are characterized by um, uh, a, a worship situation that is re- relies he- heavily on symbolism, uh, icons, very incense.
1: The highest uh, of the high church, maybe <laughs> you would call it. Maybe yeah, it, it is. It's that the, there are a
2: lot of elements to that. Uh, uh, you are
1: surrounded by icon- icons. That the walls are plastered, usually yeah, in a yeah, dome
2: yeah. with you yeah.
1: of saints
2: and icons all yeah, over. A lot you. of ceremony and and so it's uh, it's it's not particularly accessible. Like it's quite complex, actually. Um, there's a lot of really beautiful things about mm. uh, about Orthodox faith, uh, yes. and and it's it's built on liturgies that go back, uh, you know, to, to the earliest oh. earliest days of the Christian Church.
1: L- l- let's just cut to the chase. <clears throat> let's just be honest <clears throat> here. Um, time and time again, I've 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 either read, followed, or even spoken to, or have even had friends who get to a certain point, and a certain point for a lot of people who think deeply about Christianity all of a sudden they get frustrated with denominations or, yeah. or doctrine and they go, you know what, I just need to get back to the earliest. I want it like the original. There's something about we we feel like that is going to be better than what yeah. we have now. All of their journeys, every single one that I know who mm. as a friend who've gone down that journey end up in an Orthodox church. Yeah. And they either go, I'm home, or they go, oof, this is not what I thought it was going mm. to be. But – and and, I'm, and I and I say that with a level of mm. respect and love and everything because ninety five, I mean, not even ninety five, ninety nine percent of what they what the Orthodox mm. Church holds as truth yeah. and doctrine, I'm like, yeah, they absolutely. are exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah, I, that's right. yeah. I personally believe. They venerate the saints a little bit too much, and they have a little bit too much to say about Mary.
2: Yeah, but that's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. and I, I agree with that. So there's a lot. There a lot of beautiful things in there. So that's that's one. Um, uh, they're quite decentralized as well. That's what we, you know, you've got Russian Orthodox, yes. Greek Orthodox. Um, <clears throat> uh, then you've got the, of course, the Roman Catholic Church.
1: Now, the the Roman Catholic, I'll never forget this. The first time I got to meet some, I think they were Turkish Orthodox people, a friend of mine who was a teacher at Tabor College ended up converting to Orthodoxy right. through the Tur- Turkish Orthodox Church. I went and visited him and talked to some of their elders, all right, had this okay. great experience. These old Orthodox Turkish guys are talking to me and they're like, so, you know, what, what's your tradition? What's your sort of family type of thing? And I'm like, well, I'm a Baptist. And they're like, oh, you're that, you're that breakaway of the breakaway mob, you know, type of thing. You're that, you're that perverted Roman Catholic group. I was like, what are you talking about? And they, their memory goes so far back that they see anyone who's not an Orthodox who's yeah. Orthodox, as this tear-away Roman Catholics, you know, and I was like, wow, that is a yeah. long we'll, we'll, history. We'll, we'll
2: map that and explain that uh, in a moment <laughs> um, because th- there's actually something rich about the diversity of the Protestant movement. I, I would say, I mean, that, that would get criticised as being maybe – um, fragmentary, but I would I would say that it's very rich and it speaks to the freedom yes. of that we have to yep. interpret the Bible and to to worship the way that we mm-hmm. you know um, you know see as 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 best. So, um, so that so the second one is the is the Roman Catholic Church, and um, you know obviously this begins when Constantine becomes a Christian in Three twelve, or allegedly, becomes a Christian, and uh, you know, formally around sort of end of the fourth century AD, you know, under I think it was Justinian that declares the Roman Empire to be officially Christian. So you get the Roman Catholic Church, yes. And and there, you know, that there's still these churches in the East that are quite separated. So so the Eastern and the Western Church gradually through history, it's a kind of historical phenomena that causes them to be separated. Yep. And and ultimately some arguments over over some of the later confessions yes. of faith, the later creeds, causes them to split.
1: Now like, when you say when you say East and West, you East is usually talking about Eastern or, Orthodox, yeah. Or the Orthodoxy movement, yep. which now we have all the other yep. Orthodox, <clears throat> and the West is the Roman Catholic, Roman Catholic the Church. Holy yep, Roman right. Catholic Church, which, you know, both of them became <clears throat> absolutely huge. And like you say, the biggest difference being Orthodox, you know, there's a lot of differences now. Orthodox being a little bit decentralized, yep. Romans saying, No, no, we have one that's right. One man, and that is, yep. you know, we believe it is a uh uh you know a, a direct line from the Apostle Peter yep. as this is this is the man, this is the person, and that's where you yep. get the idea of the Pope, the Pope et cetera, that's et cetera. Right. So
2: it's very hierarchical and it's very centralized. Yes. You know, it all comes back to this one person. So I mean the problem with that with uh, with that idea, is that the potential for corruption, uh, beca- you know, is huge. Is, is huge, and yeah. and you know, we see that through uh, church history. It's not that there, there were lots of great lots of great things happening within the Catholic Church right through history, as there still is. Yes. Um, and because you know, of course I'm speaking as a Protestant here, I better yeah. uh, fly my flag. Um, but uh, of course the one of the other things with the with Catholicism is that they believe not only is the Bible the kind of measure for life and faith, mm-hmm. the ultimate authority in life, but they actually would say, no, the church and even decrees of the Pope mm-hmm. can be added to that. Yes. Um, and and that, there's
1: a level of tradition that is There's incredible. a level
2: of tradition, okay. So you've got, tr- you've got the scripture and tradition are the two things. Whereas, I mean, the, the problem with that is that so much got added that it it, you know, by, you know, by the fifteenth century, it just became something almost unrecognizable. I mean, you know, when I walked through the Vatican um, a f- few years ago, I, I looking around me, think I not think I don't even recognise this religion almost. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of lot that was added on top of the simple biblical faith. So th- this is then the, the the Reformation came about in response to to the corruption of the church, the abuses of the church, and all of the stuff that was added on top.
1: Now, when you say the church, you mean the, the Catholic church, the, Rome, the, Roman, the Roman Catholic, Catholic church. church. Yep. Now, the Reformation happened <clears throat> just over 500, literally 502 yep. Yep.
2: years 1517s ago. 1517s began with Martin Luther, yep. you know, nailing the 95 Theses to the door. Um, he didn't initially want to start a new denomination. He wanted to see the church reformed. Hence, the, Hence word. the word Reformation. Okay, yeah. but he was um, excommunicated by the by the Catholic Church, and and so it began the Protestant movement, which is basically. And I'm going to you know, be si- simplistic here, but I think this is basically true. You know, Protestants wanted to get back to the simple biblical faith. Mm. Now, even within the Protestant movement, you know there there was there were levels of complexity, and uh, and and I would say. Um, uh, Actually, let me just go back a bit, because it became decentralised. Okay, so so uh, it meant that there was a kind of freedom for people to read the Bible, and and so you get different denominations in different areas, still with a sense of accountability of people to each other and so forth. Um, but the div- you have a lot of diversity. Yeah, this is where you get Presbyterian and Church of England and yeah. and. Uh, the Lutherans and the of, Lutherans and yeah, so forth and met, so you forth. Know, Methodists, and Baptist, Wesleyans, yeah. and everything grows <clears> out of that.
1: Yeah, and so, so and, get, and that, and again, just for people who might be going, hang on, you're losing me, boys. All of all of these denominations that we talk about now come under the umbrella, the loosest of umbrellas, which is the Protestant umbrella. Yeah, which is a a a fancy way of saying these were the protesters. And that's where the word comes from. Yeah. We we were the protesting against what the Roman Catholic Church was doing, yeah. adding to the scripture. Yeah. So the original Martin Luther and the and the crew, the original and when I say the crew, don't imagine an actual crew, yeah. loose knit individuals from all over the place, were literally saying, "No, we are protesting to adding anything to scripture. It is scripture alone, grace. You know, all the the, the solar parts that they came yeah. that they sort of distilled, saying." we don't need a priesthood and everything separating us from God. We don't need this great big monolith. We, can, we are the priesthood.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, and that's interesting actually because even within the Protestant movement, in a number of traditions there was still a bit of a retention of this idea of a clergy and a yes. laity and so forth. And yeah. and so there are a lot of, like, it, 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 there was sort of one step away in Lutheranism and Church of England, for example. Yeah. Yeah. But there are a lot of people that felt like no, no. But you haven't gone far enough. Actually, we still have priests in robes and yeah. and yeah. and all of this stuff. We we actually need to get right back to the new what what is depicted in the New Testament model. And this is where you get more of the radical Reformation, mm-hmm. um, which is your uh, you know I guess your nonconformists. What in England were called nonconformists. The Anabaptists. The Anabaptists yep. on the continent. Yeah. Uh, and 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 eventually, I mean, the Baptists. We're, we're I'm a pastor of a Baptist Church was part of that yeah. and really it is it was really a way of it's really saying let's just keep things as simple as they need to be like let's not let's not make this more complex than it needs to yeah. be yeah, yeah you yeah. know it's it's about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and living in God's purpose every day yeah. uh, you know it's but the but the problem is as soon as you get a group of people together whether
1: that's ten, or ten thousand, and you say, "Let's keep it as simple as together." They go,
2: "We well, how's this going to run?"
1: And as soon yeah, as you start answering right. those questions, and so you get yeah traditions. Get, and that's things right. You get
2: so so you get different denominations because different denominations are distinguished by things like how how the churches run, as yeah, you said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, there's the Presbyterian system, and then there's the yeah. so you know in in some ways, Baptists and Presbyterians, there's not really much that separates them apart from the different way of baptizing. Yeah. Uh, people, uh, and church government. Yeah, you know, yeah. Baptists are more congregationalist, which is a bit more democratic.
1: You you now going into so areas okay. of so let's let's do, right. we, we'll let's take a break. We'll take a break. I think that's an entire other episode talking about how yeah, churches yeah. are run. But w- I think we've done a great job of of, of discussing the 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 system as it is now as in like the history of it that brings yep. us to today to say okay we've there, there has been a tradition of what we believe and everything so let's let's take a quick break let's have a look when we come back from that about how some ways we can recognize when people are veering away into false yep, teaching good. away from this orthodoxy yep. into what we would classify a cult or other things like that and how we can how what what we do about of it so let's take a break you're listening to thrive perspectives with DJ Matt. Family's DJ here and uh, interrupting a scintillating conversation about the history of the church. I know, trust me, we're going to get a lot more interesting about cults and uh, false teaching in just a moment. But I want to let you know that we have got a date set now for the live broadcast. We're going to be doing it via video live broadcast of Thrive Deeper episode 100 so excited Thrive Deeper can you believe we've done 100 episodes it's going to be about the last last parts of the book of revelation so if you've got any questions about that second half of the book of revelation especially the last few chapters please send us a question we want to answer your questions live on the night and you can stream in and watch that on Thrive Today TV on the Thursday the July 23rd that's Thursday July 23rd it'll be Live streaming there. Your questions, we would love to answer them and we. Look, we do want to have a look at them beforehand. As much as we think it'd be fun to get them off the cuff, please send them beforehand. You can do all of that over at thrivetoday.tv. Send your questions in about the Book of Revelation and we'll do our very best to answer it there with a live streaming episode of Thrive Deeper, episode 100. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. We're going to be trying something different there. So it'll also come out as per normal on the next day as a audio file in the podcast feed. But this is just something a little bit different we wanted to do, celebrate that episode 100. All right, tell your friends, everyone gather around the screens and get to watch it together there. I know what a scintillating viewing it'll be. Matthew and I doing a Thrive Deeper episode 100 on the book of Revelation. So uh, thanks to everybody for their support and questions that are coming in. Please continue to keep them coming. We're looking forward to doing that for you very, very soon. It's all over on Thrive Today Let's get back now into Thrive Perspectives, episode 11, where we're talking about false teachers and cults. thrive perspectives we're talking cults we're talking false teaching we're talking heresy we're talking all of these things it's matt and it's dj here matt you've just given us a great example uh overview of the history of the church and uh you know the fact that i I would say that 99 percent of the people that are listening to us right now are in that protestant camp
2: yeah, or at least that's right,
1: yeah. or, or or at least uh, you know have got one foot in the protestant camp even if they might have a foot in whether orthodoxy or roman Catholics yeah, or something right, like yeah. that so uh yeah, we, it's, it's
2: worth uh, just to add to that I think it's worth saying that in some ways we we within the protestant denomination we're quite post denominational in that sense because there's, there there is just an overwhelming similarity in in protestant churches yes. you know because we're basically Getting back to to the Bible, and and I guess um, there, I guess that's it. that commitment is the thing that defines us. Which means that it's actually easy. There's kind of this worldwide community of different denominations, yeah. and um, and the, the sort of the, I guess the uh, that there's it. It's kind of evolved over history, but uh, the word evangelicalism. It's yes. another word that okay, you'll that's hear. Okay, great. that's great. And, yes. and I guess this refers to that worldwide community of um, – it, it also refers to what, what really is the fastest growing religious movement in the world as well, yes. uh, uh, evangelicalism, which is basically that simple biblical Christianity that with an emphasis on having a relationship with God um, – Emphasis on mission as well.
1: Now these these days, mm-hmm. is there, is evangelicalism
2: another way just to say Protestant? These days, is it that yeah, I, broad? I, I think it is, but it's it's a it's a sort of re- renewal it's a renewed protestantism so it's yep. m- mo- it's a movement away from a highly institutionalized state church okay. protestantism yes, 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 and so it's it's freed itself of nationalistic boundaries yep. you know like scottish presbyterianism or church of england yes. or yes. and and it's it's just it's worldwide christianity in in, in, yeah,
1: gathered and, uh, around uh, the
2: only little scripture. The
1: only little asterisk I want to put up there is that yeah. if you're if you're American or you're used to reading a lot of yeah. American politics, yeah, evangelical has uh, usually has political, yeah, has political connotations, yeah. which is really sad. But that's just another way of defining a group of people yeah. over there. So we go. So even and even if I want to go, even if I want to drag down, because I think this might even come up as we look forward in, in, into talking about a cult or heresy is underneath that brand, underneath that big umbrella of evangelicalism yeah i would say there's loosely two halves <laughs> that don't split down the middle perfectly yeah. it bleeds into each other yeah. underneath that yeah. we would have a reformed sort of movement uh, like i would call it mm. i would call it a more a reformed biblical based word based type of type of movement mm. over here which is growing which is really fu- yeah. growing very very widely Growing even faster than that would be over the other side, would be I would call a, pen, a Pentecostal charismatic sort of mm. evangelicalism, which is growing, and all of that I would put underneath the banner of evangelical.
2: Yeah, I feel like I, I have a foot in both those.
1: <laughs> you and you, you know, do, and do, and you do, and I you do, and there's a wide, and, and, and where the two cross over, mm-hmm. when I say there's a bit of a crossover. I would say the majority of evangelical yeah. has a crossover between yeah, the two. Yeah, there's
2: there's more and more crossover, which yes. is actually very healthy. Yeah, because I think those two are uh, those. It's not they're not neat halves, but they do no. really need to inform each other. F- think and of it, when they do, you get something really rich.
1: Yeah, and think of a spectrum. You think yeah. of a spectrum. You know, on, yeah, on one right. side over here, you would have a very you know um, way out there. You know, some yeah. charismatic movements over yeah. there. On the other side, you have got a way out there, really fundamentalist yeah. reform movements over here. And in between, you have a rich spectrum of every color in between, yeah. bleeding into each yeah. other. I personally go. I like the diversity. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's
2: it's it's great. And 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 I think and this is getting us to where the boundaries are. And I think as we talk about, you know, what counts as false teaching. Yes. Um, so so I, you know I, I I have a, you know I, I teach in in a church and I I understand as a teacher, that I am. A, you know, ultimately, I'm committed to the authority of the Bible, the authority and inspiration of the Bible. That's that's the, the basis. Number one. But there's also a sense in which I am accountable mm. to a worldwide community of Bible-believing Christians. We're never, we're never on our own, you know yeah. what I mean? So, so if I'm reading a passage and I think, oh, what does that mean? Rather than just me saying, oh, it can mean whatever I think it should mean. Yeah. No, actually, I'm accountable to a, to this broader community to, to a worldwide church, and so I go, I, you know, I go to the top commentaries and so forth, um, and and I check that up, and so I kind of make myself, uh, I make myself accountable to this worldwide community in that sense. And when you say worldwide community,
1: Matt, let me just enrich it a little bit for you because <laughs> I know what I know what you mean. You mean not only. To the church with a capital C, like that's a, that's the yeah. way we like to call yeah. it. Church with a capital C is the worldwide body of Christ. Yeah. All of those that's people right. who, yeah. who who believe in the gospel, who name yeah. the name of Christ and are saved, we call that church with a capital C. Yeah. Church with a lowercase C would be my local church that yeah. I'm a part that's of right. here, yeah. or my denomination, however you want to call it. There, but when you say I am accountable to this to this, you know, to the church, capital C. You're not talking about just those alive now. You're also talking about ah, the yes, two thousand right. years yeah. of history. I mean, yeah, that's I've got, right. you've got we've got letters and 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 books and vo- libraries yeah. full of information that we that we were accountable yeah, to. That's
2: right. Which is why I mean I think this is why theological education. You know, as you know, I work in theological uh, a theological seminary or college, yes. Melbourne School of Theology, which is a a, a you know, really good evangelical college. Okay, so and. And one of the important things about theological education is that you actually learn about that 2,000-year history. You, you, you're, mm. you're brought up to speed on on where things have come, where we've been, what has been decided. You know, it's not – I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm not going to redefine the Trinity, for example. That has been well-defined. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to reinvent, you know, the idea – I mean, we, we can rethink things in fresh ways, but mm. we're not reinventing the wheel. And And so – um, but in the same sense, I, I also make sure I, I'm aware of, um, I guess, fresh insights into some of these um, well-loved doctrines. Well, well-loved doctrines, yeah. you know, And and the, the Bible. And there's always, you know, it's not like it's not like this process finished. For example, at the Reformation or at any, yeah. you know, there's, you know, the church is growing and learning. But it's it's within the bounds of. You know, based on Scripture, and there's this worldwide accountability.
1: Now, now you you've brought up Scripture as I, I would say you've already said it in the in the in the beginning of the show. This is the foundational part of yeah. Orthodox Christianity. Yeah. This is the foundational part of Fundamental Christianity. This is the foundation for Evangelical Christianity. Yeah. Is the Word of God. Yep, yeah, that's right. The Bible, the sixty-six books that we. Back, you know, from three, yeah. you know, from from early yeah. from the earliest days, we're saying that this is the revealed word of God. This yeah. is the the revealed of God. So the the opposite side of that. But that's how we say that we we know that we are within within the bounds. Yeah. The first thing, my little asterisk here that that I want to sort of go alongside you as you talk about what is what is good. I want to sort of give people. So the first thing that you look at when you talk to someone and you think. Is this person is this person involved in a cult or is this orthodox Christianity? Yeah. First question you ask them, or you start investigating. What do they think about the Bible? What do they think about the Word of God? Yeah. If they're adding for, adding to it, yeah. Subtracting from it, yeah. alarm bell needs to yeah. start. You need to start going. Okay, uh, uh, you know, as you've already said, Mormons add to it other faiths subtract away from it say listen it's not really the word of god it's been tampered with we have you know it's it was fine for back then but there's something new now yeah, yeah. those are the type of things you need to worry about yep
2: yeah, that's right yeah so someone sent me um uh, recently a some youtube stuff saying talking about paul being a false apostle and it's just yeah. you know the gospels are the only part of the, yeah. it's well, so no 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 that's yeah. it's just not where we're at yes. yeah you know so um yeah, so that's that's kind of the, I guess that's the boundaries. And and as a, you know, and and I make myself accountable, I guess, to that, you know, to that community. I am often saying to people, you know, like this book will be going around, or or this thing will be handled. There is this idea swimming around, and and I'll say um, to people now, just so that you know, this is way outside of the kind of majority evangelical. You know, this yeah. this is this is not what most evangelicals would say is you know is is the case and um and and i mean sometimes people like oh no well so but that's just your opinion and and no no but see i as a pastor it's not about what i think i am part of a of a worldwide church community and and it's like i'm just telling you that this is not what we would consider orthodox you know so there's and i think i think we can um, define that fairly well. Now, I, I recently got a, a, another a letter from someone that um, that felt that I was culpable of false teaching. Wow. Uh, wow! Because I didn't strongly advocate a dispensational premillennial view of the end times.
1: Did you get my letter? You got my letter about that, <laughs> did you? I'm joking. I Apologise.
2: Now, now, now. Here's the thing. Like. <laughs> I mean, we've discussed this. We're, we have. You know, we've we discussed have. this on a previous episode of Thrive yep. Perspectives, and we can, like, we'll get to this actually on Thrive Deeper yep. as well because we're working through Book of Revelation. Yep. You know, within the evangelical movement, mm. there are different views on ah. things on 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 some of the grey areas. So we all, for example, when it comes to the end, we all think that. We we all believe that G- Jesus is going to return. It's going to be a final judgment and a yes. you know new heavens and a new earth. And yes. so there are the fundamentals we all agree in. But within that, there are interpretations. For example, the interpretation of the millennium in you know in chapter twenty, and those interpretations across history are spread fairly evenly across the movement. Yes. Now some people don't realise this. They think. Ah, oh, this is what i 've learned, and so if you believe anything different to me, then you're a, false teacher. you're a false teacher no the reason why i'm reason why i'm not strongly advocating that view because i 'm respectful and aware of the fact that evangelicals have been quite evenly split mm. on this matter mm. you know so so i'll always be cautious with that and i'll and, and i'm I'm passionate about letting the gray areas be gray mm. uh, as well so um where False teaching becomes false teaching when it becomes a denial of the core tenets of the faith. Yeah. You know, um, the the nature of God, the essential nature of God as being a uh, you know, a transcendent God who is, you know, so for example, um pantheists or even panentheists it's another version of Pan, which basically believe that the the world is God. Yeah. Um and we all are part of God. That yeah. you know, that you know, that's a, div- a step away from that. Uh, you know, you've got um, uh, the the other thing is is God as the triune God. Yes, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Core element of the Christian faith.
1: And 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 I, and again, I'm just going to pipe back pipe back up here with a little asterisk. Say see former conversation. This is where <clears throat> the the confessions and the creeds. Yeah. Uh, this is where I've, they
2: play their role. Yeah. They
1: play the role again. I'm not. Please, please, don't anybody out there say, "Hey, DJ's putting the Confessions or the Creeds on par of Scripture." No, this is a way. As Matthew, is, as you've been saying, you're answerable to a wider Christian community. The Confessions and the Creeds are this wider group of people coming together, saying, "Let's yeah. put some boundaries yeah, right. and yeah. some fence posts here of what what is orthodoxy." What and if you're within these bounds. Okay, you're part of the family.
2: Yeah, that's right. There's
1: a lot of grey in there to move. There's a lot of movement in there. But if you start saying that these things aren't true or you disagree with these parts of our creed, then I think you might yeah, that's be stepping
2: right. out of there. Yeah, that's right. So, so moving through that really quickly, you've got you know the, what we believe about God. You've got what we believe about human beings, about ch- children of God, the the nature of the human condition, the fallen yeah. nature of the human condition. You know, Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God, the incarnation of God Himself, uh, the 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 life and the and the death of Christ, and ultimately the atoning work of Christ that mm. Jesus died to pay for our guilt on mm. the cross. Mm. Um, uh, you've got the um, the idea of us being justified not through what we do, but through mm-hmm. by entrusting ourselves to Jesus Christ through faith alone. Yes. Um, you've got the centrality of the church in God's purpose. Yes. And then you've got the return of Christ yep. and, and and so forth. And, and again, underneath
1: underneath all of that, the way that we know all of that is true is from the revealed Word of God.
2: Yeah, that's right. You know,
1: so it's again that this foundation is the, is the word of God. Yeah. So my 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 thing in in instructing people and teaching young people and discipling people, you know how to recognize this. I usually give them three things. There's two. I say, look, there's two main ones, and there's one one third one. Yeah. Right. That usually 99 times out of 100, you'll end up going, okay, I think this person might be a false teacher or a cult. What do they say about the word of God? Yeah. Number one, you know, because usually, as soon as someone says. Uh they've got a question about yep. the word of God or they're adding or subtracting from it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, alarm bell should be going off. But even then, some people just might be ignorant of the word of God. So you give them a little bit of grace. They just haven't studied it enough. They just yep. haven't read it enough. Give them a little grace. So the next question is, and a really important question is, we see it time and time again in scripture. Who who do you think Jesus is? Tell yep. me about Jesus. Yeah. Nine times out of ten the false teacher is going to go, listen, you've heard it said that Jesus is this. I'm going to tell you something new about Jesus. And you're like, bah, bah. And and the third one is, and this is for people who want to spend a little bit more time studying, and I believe we all should be spending a bit more time studying, is what do they say about the Trinity? Mm. And if they, and again, nine times out of ten, cults have have a weird, wacky belief about the Trinity. Mm. Now you might be going, if you're listening to us going, well, actually, DJ Matt, I don't know how I would Describe Jesus, and I don't know how I would define the teach the you know mm. the Trinity. Please go study. You need to be able yeah, to define yeah, these things, absolutely. or you're sick, you're you are totally open to be <laughs> oh, swept this away. This is the
2: thing, and people do get swept away. Yeah, because they oh, did you realize that actually yes, the, and, and and often often it's uh, you know in, in all of that list of um, warnings about false teachers, one of the things that it says there is talks about them twisting the scriptures. Oh. You know, to read into the, and this is, see, this is why, uh, yes, we read the Bible for ourselves, but we also make ourselves ac- accountable to a broader church community because there is a cons- you know, there's a broad consensus on the fundamentals about what the Bible says. Yeah. You know, there's slight differences of opinion. For example, Revelation 20, the millennium, w- when, when that is, yeah. you know, and, and so if, if I, and, and we do have slightly different views we, on you, that. You, I mean, and we I hold too. those views open handedly, yes. but, I'm not calling you a false teacher, and you're not calling me a false teacher. No. We just have a slight difference of opinion, yeah. but we both believe the fundamentals. Yeah. You know, we both believe in the in the return of Christ and the last judgment, and new yes. heavens and the new earth, and all the fundamentals there. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, it's important to recognise where we cross where we cross those lines, and and you can do that either by adding something to the Bible or just by twisting. Uh, the Bible, and it's amazing how people do that. Now, I, th- I think it's where it, it might be good to actually give some examples right. uh, now, uh, right. and to actually, you know, ground this and 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 look, I'm happy to do this. And some people say, "Oh, now you're sounding really mean." And and this is where we get a little countercultural because, you know, we want to point to some things and say, "This isn't right." Yeah. And uh, and, and I'm, I'm really happy that. to do that. Uh, you know, Jesus did that the apostles did that right. and and you know and and i'm just talking about things that are clearly you know clearly not right now we, we've talked what and i'm going to talk about some things that are uh, that are in one in one particular um, thing that i've encountered a lot around and we've talked about this before yep. in this episode and that is the this kind of non-duality movement this uh new kind of spirituality has been championed by uh, people like Richard Rohr. And Richard oh. Rohr is probably the, one of the strongest um, advocates uh, of this kind of thing. Now, first of all, um, and, and you will have heard heard this name, he, he really is an enormous, enormously popular and a lot of people, a lot of Christians, whenever I, because whenever I, I've mentioned him in classes with a, a sort of a concern, be concerned about this, and there is always, and I'm talking in a class of 20, to 25 people, there will always be one or two people who, who say, Oh, I've been reading, I've really been liking this. Yeah, and
1: yeah, uh, I, Oprah, Oprah said that this guy's the next big thing, you know, and yeah. I've, I've been loving it. He's, a, you know, and yeah, well, he, you
2: uh, know, yeah, so, so uh, there's a lot of influence there. Now, um, a couple of things to say, and, and I think this is a good example. First of all, he is he refers to himself in his book, The Universal Christ, as a panentheist, mm. okay. Now, he, he believes that the universe actually is the first incarnation of God, that Jesus is the second incarnation uh, of God. But Jesus is only is not really a special incarnation of God. In one sense, we are all the incarnation of God. So, so he's, he distinguishes between Jesus and Christ. Uh, yes, so yes, cr- Christ, and, and yes. this is where the title, the universal Christ comes from, yep. that we are all part of Christ. Um, so now,
1: so straight away, if you, if you had, and again, we might look at churches in the last few generations and go, man, isn't it funny how they could just recite a creed or recite a confession yeah. off the top of the head? Cause they were drilled into them as a child, but, it, but right there, those people who knew the confessions off the top of the head, <clears> you should be able to go, well, hang on. How does that fit into this framework? How does this fit into the word of God? It doesn't.
2: Yeah. But the interesting thing is, uh, you know, Richard Raw continually cites the Christian tradition and the the Bible to support uh, these things. And this is where it gets really tricky. Mm. Uh, This is where it gets quite insidious. But ultimately what you get is you get a movement away from classical Christian theism. Even at that basic level, you get a movement away from that. It actually really – and the interesting thing is he – he has a background in philosophy and theology. I mean, I, I have.
1: Isn't he? A, is he? Was he a Roman Catholic? He's, no. he's a
2: Roman Catholic. He's a Franciscan. Yes. I mean, he's really right away from Roman Catholic teaching. So yeah. I don't know how he goes being a Roman Catholic priest. But, yeah. um, but he's yeah. His academic background is in both philosophy and and, and theology. Now I get that. So I, I uh, because th- that's similar similar to me, yep. uh, and you know it's useful, I find i 'm actually thankful for my background in philosophy because I get to recognize where some things come from and uh, and I think i mean th- there's this this panentheism there in in history and uh philosophers like Hegel for example was a, was a panentheist believed that the universe was the unfolding mind of God, sort of the evolving mind of God, and you get these same kind of ideas and I, I, look i won 't go into that sort of stuff but he, he's picking this up from a number of different sources. A lot of influence from eastern, from uh, eastern uh, religion. Yes, um, you know Hindu. A bit of Hindu yep. uh, influence there, uh, and so he, he. I mean, almost he pretty much chucks out all of the tenets of the Christian faith that I just mentioned. I mean, it holds on to the Trinity. Uh, and, and actually, I mean, I first w- read um, The Divine Dance and I actually loved what I first read on the Trinity and then it started to float away yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, man, this is really beguiling. insidious, yeah. beguiling yeah. stuff because like, it was really beautiful, his definitions uh, of the Trinity. And I found that really edifying, but he just took that in, in a really strange direction. Um, and, you know, I mean, denial of you know jesus didn't come to die for our sins in that sense because in a sense there is no sin and this is an interesting thing um he he holds to this view known as non non-duality it's yes. a complex thing where where we are to transcend all dualities including the duality of good and evil because all good and evil is essentially part of mm-hmm. it's it's really part of god he he advocates something known as I'm going to get complicated here. Metaphysical monism, which every everything is all one. You yeah. Know? So it's moving. That's moving away from dualities. Mm. Uh, so so but what?
1: That just doesn't. That is. <clears throat> I mean, I've again, yeah. I've read a little bit of it, but it it, it is so. It doesn't <clears throat> vibe with with like on page one of the of the Bible. Like I yeah. can't get through. Anyone can actually maintain that thinking and get through one page of scripture
2: yeah well well he he has you know he's got some really clever ways of of explaining this and and he's a clever guy i mean yeah. he, you know he, uh, i think he has his doctorate in you know in philosophy and uh, which which is a very uh, you know a lot of great theologians mm. you know have had that and and it's a useful thing you know it's a useful thing to have but you know it makes him really clever in the way that he he skews things and the, the way that he uses language and reinterprets language and it's a it's a textbook case i think of uh, what the New Testament talks about when it says people come in in your midst and lead people away, because invariably, because he he plays down all of the fundamentals, and you know God is everything, and in the truth and you know you ultimately get people say, well, I don't really need to be part of church or or you know, there's no there's no difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. It's just um, universal. Yeah, it's it's, it's this a, it, yeah. you know this kind of universal, all all, all dualities are you know. Um, you know, which I'm is a really
1: out. popular. Oh, it's post, so
2: popular. Postmodern, it's, post-truth <clears throat> type of thing. It's so postmodern. It, it,
1: yeah. it, it perfectly walks into that, and <laughs> which is brings, why it's so popular. And and it brings all of the beautiful, as you said it brings all the beautiful things that a lot of people nominal christians people who've just like some aspects of the church yeah. it brings all of that beautiful picturesque language into this way of thinking where i don't have to change or do anything to, and it's like oh this is and it makes yeah. us feel great
2: yeah and and i mean a, a lot of people that get into this stuff they you know they move away from churches it it actually lends itself to um, even though he would contest this it a lot of people that get into this end up Going back into very individualistic lives because everything is everything is good and everything is it's this universalism that makes makes any specific commitment bad really not yeah. uh, or, or any specific conviction um, it, it just kind of throws that out so this, very very, this is a very
1: you've you've brought up an in, in your own testimony there matt you've brought up a great point a great point that is a scriptural point false teachers don't walk into the church. It's. I want you to imagine. Uh, you know the, the the classic saloon in a in a in a country in Western. You know old Western film. Imagine the saloon is the church. We're all sitting there. You know the <laughs> the false teacher does not kick in the saloon doors with the guns are blazing. Yeah. And say here I am. That's right. You know one eyed willy here to take you all down. False teacher comes in. Yeah. Wins people over. <clears throat> uses beautiful language. Yeah. Lifts us up, makes us feel better about ourselves, and gradually shifts yeah. us, shifts our yeah. thinking. That's what false teachers and do. And
2: often, often they are really good at articulating the truth. Uh, lies are deceptive only because they contain uh, a really amazing articulation of truth in the midst of it. Mm. It's it, it becomes almost like the bait. Mm-hmm. And and this is you know this is the thing in in reading you know, Raw's work, like there's some really beautiful definitions. I can see why people are drawn to this. You know, I was, I loved his stuff on the Trinity. Um, but my radars were going off as it was, you know, as it was moving. It's like, I wanted, I wanted it to go to a good place and, you know, uh, but, but it just didn't, uh, but other people, you know, will, will read that and get so drawn, oh, this is just beautiful. And, and because yes, it does, you know, there, there is in you know, a lot of, um. Yeah, there's always a lot of a lot of very compelling truth in in lies, and and I have, in fact, even found some of the most compelling and beautiful articulations of truth in what I would regard as false teachings. Yeah, yeah, which is really really interesting. And
1: and, and you can say that. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the little warning, you know, text down the bottom of the screen here. Yeah. and say, listen, Matthew's a paid professional here, yeah. gang. Do not try this at home. Yeah. You know, like, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I and I say that, and I say that, yeah. uh, being serious, I'm having my tongues in my cheek, but I'm being serious. Like M- Matthew is a is a is a trained professional. You know, you need to be very grounded in the word. You need to really yeah. know, you know, how to look for error. You really need to know how to look for truth. You need to be very open to. And there are people out there who are, um, who have. You know a, a background of all of the things that you're talking about— yeah. theology, philosophy, ways of thinking— where you are well equipped. You've got the armor on. You're suited up. Yeah. You've got the tools to wade into the swamp yeah. and go. Right, let's see what's in here. Now the problem is, a lot of us go, "Oh, you know, I, you know, Matt, if Matt can do it, I can do it too. I'm going to wade in." And then all of a sudden, we're like, "Whoa!" Yeah. And we're sucked under. I don't want to, I don't want to yeah, make it... I
2: think it, that's a good point.
1: I don't want to make it like, oh, Matthew's a paid professional. He's a holy man. He's the only one who can do it. No, we can all get there. We can all learn the tools that you've got, yeah. but just don't think you can dive in there and go, no, yeah. I'll sort it out straight away. Sometimes you need to ask for help.
2: Yeah, you've, and, and you've, got to, you've got to go in with a, with a heap of discernment, really. So, so yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go there unless you've really got a, a good grounding with a lot of these things. You know, but I think it's it's worth saying that, um, you know, as Christians, we don't have a monopoly on the truth in the sense that true and good things are said and observations about life. I mean, I've found lots of really great stuff in psychology that confirms the things that yeah. the Bible talks about, that helps even to give uh, to shed further light on that in a sense mm. not not changes it but actually confirms it you know the stuff that i've that i've drawn from in philosophy even in quite anti-christian philosophers that actually confirm things about what the bible says and mm. and, and, and articulate you know and so so i i do draw i do draw quite widely um, it's like you know, plundering the Egyptians without making the gold into an idol. As Augustine, <laughs> you know, the great church father Augustine felt, you know, we, we can dip into philosophy, but as long as we don't make an idol out yeah. of the treasures that we, you know, that we gain. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an area for much, much discernment.
1: And, and, and the reason why we're doing this episode, and we've got to wrap it up, we're running, we're running along as usual here in Perspectives, but um, it, it is still a major issue. In 2020, a lot of us like to think that in 2020 now we've got it all sorted out. False teaching and wrong doctrine—I mean, that's a thing yeah. of the past—and it is—it isn't. It's going to rise its head again and again and again. Now, an experience that um, you know that that I, that I've had in the last few weeks that is uh, that has made us um, sort of sit up and pay attention as well is. I think, being, I think there's a couple of things. I think, A, being here in Australia, we're very close to Asia. Yeah. You know, we're very close to Asia. <coughs> yeah. um, you know, the future of the Australian church yeah. is going to be very Asian, yeah. you know, which I say, fantastic. Um,
2: we had, at Melbourne School of Theology, we have a Chinese department. Yeah. A exactly. whole other department that, yeah. in a sense, um, like a Chinese faculty.
1: Yeah. yeah. Which is great, yeah. Which is great. Uh, in our own church, I mean, again, we've. I think we've said this in a previous episode. In One Hope Baptist Church, it's. I, I think sadly, but it is just the way that it is in the in the world that we live in, in the country that we live in, in the area that we live in. It's an incredibly you know white middle class church that we live in, mm. but there are some great young Asian families coming in and you know impacting the church in a beautiful way, yeah, right? Great. You know, great traditions coming in there. The one of the fastest, if not it's debatable, but one of the fastest growing churches in the world right now, as far as a people group, is the Chinese persecuted church. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Millions when we get to heaven, and I'm when we as we're reading through the book of Revelation, these martyrs and stuff like that, there's going to be a large portion of them mm. from China yeah, who are who
2: who, who
1: who are who are right there with God. In, the, in and as that church is growing, of course, Satan is going to attack that growing church. And I've I've experienced. It's funny in the last few weeks from a few different areas, this uh this Chinese cult, this Chinese Christian mm. cult. Uh, some of it might some people know it as Eastern Lightning, is its most common name, yeah. Eastern Lightning. And uh, I'll put links in the show notes around it here. And I and I just have a feeling like we here in Australia might have to be paying attention to this, yeah. uh, to this cult, because again, it presents itself as listen, Church of Australia, Church of the yeah. World. We are the persecuted Church Christians in in China, and immediately the rest of us go, oh no, and our yeah. hearts go out. Now this this which Eastern, they're
2: not they're, 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 they're the, not. the persecuted church in China they're the absolute nemesis of yes, the ch- persecuted yes. church. In it's, China. it's so, it's in so China. funny
1: in reading up about Eastern Lightning <clears throat> the Eastern Lightning cult. The one thing that the communist government of China and the persecuted Christians agree 100% on is Eastern Lightning's a problem. Yeah. Now, now the, to sum it up in a nutshell, it, the Eastern Lightning cult is um, – it, it was started in 1991 when a lady within one of the churches stood up and basically said, I am Jesus Christ. I yeah. am the new incarnation of Jesus yeah. Christ. and uh, And then started giving prophecy and revelation to the mm. church and has written an entirely other book. Uh, uh, the church, uh, the the, the words of Almighty God, the Almighty God is what her name is now. So you might talk to some of these, and they're not all Chinese, as in nationally Chinese, uh, as some people would want to define racially Chinese. They might be from all different walks of life who are involved in this new movement, and they might... Quote or say, but you know, but listen, the Almighty God says that we're going to overcome and and they're going to say beautiful things. And you're sitting there as a Christian, go, wow, this is great. No, 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 no. When they talk, when they use the phrase the Almighty God, they are literally talking about a Chinese woman who stood up in 1991 who said, I am now the Almighty God.
2: Yeah. I am now the Incarnation. Uh, who ushered it. in it, it's th- that they have their version of dispensationalism yeah. oh, because they, be- they believe that uh, there was the Old Testament dispensation yes. and the New Testament dispensation and, and now, the Millennium, yes, which is, now. is the, the, the Christ returned in the form of this woman. Yeah, and, and has given this new I word.
1: Mean, so, yeah, exactly. It's it's, But I, I find it to be really <laughs> insidious because they're um, – and we've used that word a few times – their presentation in the material is slick and their appeal to a Christian's sense of fairness and rightness and protection of the Chinese church is how they present themselves. Yeah. But very quickly, very quickly in looking through their materials, you you will realize straight away, as we've said, what do they say about Jesus Christ? Yeah. What do they say about the Bible? What do they say about the Trinity? They yeah. fail on all three marks.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And
1: so, The that I just gave that last little moment there just to, um, just to give people a a bit of a wake up call to say, you know what, false teaching is still
2: alive and well in the world. Oh man, it's 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 I I think it's more prevalent now because you know, through the internet and YouTube, and it's just I I think it's gone haywire, and 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 I think people. particularly in our individualistic culture, everyone's trying to work it out for themselves and and the the possibility of people going down all sorts of rabbit trails. A lot of bleed happens. I mean, it's interesting because one – Prominent cult is Christian Science, not the Church of Scientology. Gnosticism. They're another cult again. That's, I mean, that's a weird one. Oh, hey. uh, the The Christian Science is is based on this idea that everything, the physical world, is all an, all an illusion and and Gnosticism. And it's, yeah, it's it's a kind of Gnosticism, yeah. and it's interesting the way that that's bled into the church. A lot of what is known as the Word of Faith movement. Yes. You know, even though it's it's you know it's I mean it's um, it's I write on. On the, I mean, I, I have serious issues with it, mm. but mainly because of the bleed from Christian Science mm-hmm. uh, into this Word of Faith movement uh, in the way that it defines faith, and so you get bleed into edges of you know of the Christian movement. You get bleed from as you as I said, you get um, uh, you get these movements that come in, and and they might not people might not follow these movements wholesale, but they might take on aspects. Yes. You know, I've heard people, not necessarily like in speaking about Richard Raw. You know that where, where they've, where they've not necessarily swallowed everything, but there's been some really problematic things that have been incorporated, yeah. in, in into their faith. And this kind of thing happens a lot as well. There's a lot of bleed into the Man, edges,
1: and and this is where we need to be careful. I don't, I, I, and Matt. I'm going to let you finish up and, and and conclude here, but I just wanted to make a real appeal to everybody listening. Two things: know the word, know the oh, pure, yeah, yeah. know the pure word, know the pure word, know the gospel. If you can't explain the gospel to someone, and the way the way to know that you ex- know something is go teach someone. Yeah, go teach. Yeah, them. That's right. Even if you, even if you sit up your five-year-old child in front of you and let me tell you this, or if you sit to a friend or you just tell a friend who already knows it or however you want to do it, mate, pull up a, a teddy bear and put it in front of you and teach. If you can't articulate out loud the gospel and, and anticipate some questions like and then ask yourself, okay, well, then why? I mean if God's yeah. God, why did Jesus have to die? Yeah. If you crumble under that questioning, yeah. then you need to go back and ask yourself some things about why did this happen? Why does it why do I believe this? Know the whys, know the fundamentals, know the pure you know the pure fundamentals of the faith, and then be very careful to anybody yeah. who wants to tell you that they have a new revelation, that they have something new to add on. That they have received something else to add into it that is on a level. If you, if you experience that, you, you need to go away and question that. Don't 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 dive into it. That's my little heartfelt plea. at the Yeah. End.
2: And and I and I think we we should never operate alone. This is why, you know. I mean, in the imagery that we took from the passages that talk about false teachers you know talks about false teachers coming in amongst the flock and there was a strong sense that the great their greatest defense mechanism actually against false ideas because you couldn't it's not every man for himself i mean you've got young christians who who don't know as much and you've got people at all different levels of christianity so what we do is we gather in in a flock you know it's like we gather together Mm -hmm. and 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 that is our defense you know in, in a sense we you know we have um Teachers in the church that that are aware of um, not only what the Bible says, but the you know broad uh, evangelical consensus on things that understand the fundamentals of the faith that can tell truth from error, uh, and and I think it's important that we um, uh, that we work together, and and I think we have good defenses, we're, and and again because we're so individualistic we're inclined to just go, you know, go our separate ways. But I think in our culture, you just can't afford to do that. I think we've got to stick together and we've got to unite under this fundamental truth. So, uh, I, I just want to echo that where the best way to equip yourself is to, you know, get, you know, become familiar with, with scripture, uh, you know, as much as you can, you know, particularly the new Testament, but I'm, you know, I would say go the whole, whole thing, uh, Really get familiar with the fundamentals of the faith. I, you know, I, I run a, a, a constantly a course, four part course, Christian beliefs uh, at church, where we run through the fundamentals of the faith. Run that, you know, four parts every year. You know, at, like Alpha, the Alpha course uh, does that. There's very uh, various other courses that you can do to upskill in the fundamentals of the faith. Books you can read. You know, get some good armor on. You know, get get yourself equipped to live as a Christian discerningly. In a world that is full, an absolute marketplace of strange, wonderful, weird—not all wonderful, but weird—and often very destructive uh, ideas. This is—we are in the midst of a battle here uh, between truth and lie, and uh, and we have an enemy who is a deceiver. So just don't swallow everything that you hear. Ask, seek wisdom. Talk to people that know more than you do that you trust. Um, gather, you know, stay connected with your church and you will thrive.
0: Thanks for listening to Thrive Perspectives. We want to hear from you. So send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. This was another DJP.fm production.